Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergr.com. Hey, give your hands up for our lead pastor. Man! I'm already here, bro. Man, I'm I was, already here. I, I was uh, too into that. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, good. Can you guys give it up for uh, Kayla holding it down behind me on the keys? Oh, my gosh. She can sing. She can play. She just took a huge mission trip to Africa for three weeks. We're so glad that her and Phil are back with us. Come on. Hey, can you guys just give it up for our entire worship crew? What an incredible offering that was this morning. Wow. Um, goodness. Um, man, I feel just full of vitamin C this morning. Not from vacation, but Christ. No, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to grow up to be that guy. Promise. Okay. Um, Matt, that was the worst joke you've ever made. I agree. I concede to that thought and notion. Um, I got to tell you, though, um, hey, real quick, was it bright enough to take notes with, with these beams off? I really loved just the atmosphere that was set in this room with, without those. Is that okay? Can you still see to take notes? I just feel like being intimate to this morning. Is that okay? My wife says, mm, but we're going we're gonna to let her grow up into salvation uh, a little bit. Just kidding. All right. Fantastic. You are beautiful. I love looking at you. I just love, I love what's happening in the room. Do you guys love what's happening in the room? Do you love more than anything what the Lord is doing in the midst of his people this morning? Fantastic. Well, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, um, my name is Pastor Matt. Well, my name is Matt. I'm a pastor. Uh, but it is great to, you know what? I got, just got vetoed, didn't I? Cool. Anyways, it's fine. It happens. It happens. They tell me I control everything, and then they lie to my face. Um, but no, it's good to meet you guys this morning, and I was alerted to the fact that our website still says 1030 on it somewhere, so Squarespace is going to get it. Um, but if you arrived uh, later than service start, I'm so happy to have met you outside. You were awesome, and thank you for still coming and sitting and being a part of this morning. Goodness. But yes, like my beautiful wife said earlier, uh, we had the privilege of, of taking a vacation. And um, I say privilege. I say we get to. Um, I say language like that because truly it's an honor. Truly, I love what we get to do. I love what we're a part of. I love what the Lord has called us to. Um, there's, there, is, there is no sinful pride that we take in this. This is our offering to the Lord. Takeover is Adria and I's love offering to the Lord. Our lives just being laid down. Father God, if you called us, if you sent us, we'll go. We'll do it, whatever it looks like. And it has looked both like heaven, like it does right now, and it has also looked like hell. But I got to tell you, God has blessed it. He's with us. He's in the midst of us. And it was a really great time being away with my bride. So thank you to our leadership team who was able to hold it down while lifting him up. Amen. Can we just give it up for our staff? Um. It must have been a crazy week because four of them aren't here today. They needed a vacation after covering for us. Uh, way to go, guys. Make them work for it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but truly, we love you, and uh, it was just awesome. And uh, I got to tell you, um, Pastor Appreciation Day is coming up pretty soon, and I would love a sauna. No, I'm kidding. Kidding. I'm not going to be that guy. Our vacation, uh, there, was a, there was a cabin and a sauna, and I got to, like, chop the wood and, like, be like an outdoorsy man, you know? Like, I was more Man of the Woods than Justin Timberlake was in that whole album. You know what I'm saying? Like, shots fired, JT. Come at me, bro. I almost just died right now. Um, did anybody see that? That would have, we would have had a resurrection today. Um, but anyways, thank you so much. And as jokes aside, 
my, my, my bride and myself, we are so grateful for the time and that we got to be away just together. We did talk about you the entire time, um, but it was awesome and it was fruitful. And we just dreamed and we talked about our expectations for 2023 and 2024 and what we want to see the Lord do in us personally and, and, and here and prophetically and all of these things. So thank you. Thank you. We love you. Um, but man, y'all ready to get after the word of God this morning? Y'all ready to continue our series, Citizens of Heaven? Come on, who loved Pastor Scott last week? Yeah, buddy, breaking all the rules, going to the Old Testament, not listen to a thing I said. It's good. It was awesome. And the Lord moved. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. If it ain't broke, break it. Um, but yeah, he, he crushed it. So glad to have uh, our church in very capable hands. But this morning, we're going to continue our series, Citizens of Heaven. And you know what that means? we got to say the Citizens' Creed. So if you're new with us this morning, we love creeds here. I think next year we're going to do a whole banner for the whole year. Just one. Just one creed for 2023. The Lord's already stirring it up in me. And we're just going to go a single trajectory direction for 2023. It starts in January. Get ready. Matt, it is September. Yeah, I know, but it's September 25th. We're closer to January than you think, and I'm ruining everyone's season right now. <laughs> All right? I'm not as fast moving as Target and Walmart, but I'm excited about where the Lord is going in this next year. But would you repeat these words after me? Let's unite in spirit and heart, and uh, let's really just welcome the Lord in. Sound good? Yeah. All right. We, the citizens of heaven, hereby swear to be your bride. We swear... We will represent your kingdom well in this land. How many of you know our land needs his kingdom? We will keep in step with your spirit. We will keep your word. We will keep your heart. We will steward your power and your presence. Sanctify us. Make us. Like Jesus. like Jesus, consecrate us, make us a holy nation, where your spirit rests upon us, where you dwell among us, where your spirit's gifts and fruit, this is huge, are valued. We will be your people. We will be your people. Tell them like you know it. We will be your people. And make this the conviction of your heart. You will be our God. Come on, somebody. We declare. That didn't sound like a declaration. We declare. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. In our region. As it is. In heaven. We swear to give. Our lives. For revival. Amen. 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 Revival or bust. Amen. Come on, somebody. We ain't, we ain't going anywhere until we see the Lord break out in our region. And I'm not just talking about Grand Rapids. I'm not talking about West Michigan. I'm not even talking about the Mitten. We want the whole entire uh, Midwest region given over to Christ. Yeah. Matt, you are a five-year-old church plant that started in 80 bucks. How are you going to do that? It's not by might. It's not by power. But by your spirit, says the Lord. Amen. That's where we're going. Do you believe it? Praise him for me if you do. Come on. Come on. Come on, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. And yes, believe it or not, the Lord did all of this almost five years ago. Be five years old in February 28, uh, uh, 2018, February, we planted a church. We'll be five years old on the 18th of February this year. And he did all of this with $80 seed and a word. 
What can he do in your life? What can he do in your life if you didn't believe the lie that you needed $50,000 to do something great? What could he do? Let's go. Amen. All right, Citizens of Heaven, week four. And uh, the title of my message, if you're taking notes, if you need a notepad on or around your seat, there's like a prayer journal and a pen. Uh, use that, take that with you. That is on us from our friends over at Our Daily Bread. Use that as a note taker. We love taking notes here at Takeover Church. Amen? Um, taking notes, church at Takeover Church. I love it. Title of my message is, are you ready? On each of them. On each of them. On each of them. I used to steal titles from rap songs. Uh, I used to take titles from things in culture. And then at some point in time, I just grew up in the Lord and realized his word is far better than anything I or the world can come up with. So you'll see that phrase in scripture as you do most of my messages, but on each of them. Are you ready for the Bible? Who loves their B-I-B-L-E? Is it the book for me? Hey, somebody said that like it is for you. <laughs> That's the book for you, guy. All right. And yes, I was on vacation, which means I did not preach last week, which means that you get a very energetic Matt McClure and my wife got a terror for a week. So congratulations, we're going after it today. Sound good? All right, Acts, Acts 2, 1 through 24, ready? It's gonna be up on the Sky Bible. Can you guys give it up for Kelsey and Phil holding it down in the booth? Oh man, I got my boy DJ back there too. Come on, Kelsey, she, uh, she floated over here. Um, I love technology. All right, here we go. Acts 2, 1 through 24. If you don't have it, it'll be on the Sky Bible behind me. Let's get it. I'm coming out of the ESV version. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from the heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. On each of them. Somebody say, on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in the tongue of other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at the sound of the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed. They were astonished saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language. Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Capricornia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and all these other places that they start to name that I'm just exhausted saying. From Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. Good Lord. Stephen, get on with it. Come on. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said, ha ha, they are filled with that new one. But Peter standing with the 11 lifted up his voice because it's Peter and he can't let things go. Address them, men of Judea and all who hear my words. These people are not drunk. As you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. Best excuse ever. Only three o'clock, man. They ain't drunk. What you talking about? Since it's only the third hour of the day, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. On what? 
making sure you're awake. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire, vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise God. Amen. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. This Jesus, somebody say this Jesus. Oh, come on. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up. Somebody say he raised him up. Loosing the pangs of death because it's not possible for him to be held by it. Let that, let that sentence wreck you today. He loosed the pangs of death because it is not possible for Jesus to be held by it. Whatever death you are facing, whatever you've come up against, whatever the enemy has tried to steal, kill, and destroy in your life, Jesus has loosened the pangs of death and he cannot, will not, and will never be held back by them not in your life or anybody else's amen, amen. let's go let's go well with that we're going to pray and we're going to see what the lord will do sound good yeah. oh, father god i thank you so much for your holy word i thank you for your holy people i thank you for this holy place i thank you for your holiness i thank you that you were set apart god and you made a way for us to come home that you made a way through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, God, that our sin, our frailty, our flaws, our brokenness, our darkness doesn't have to hold us back, but instead we can be transformed by the blood of Jesus and brought into the marvelous light, brought into being sons and daughters of the Most High God. Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to gather in your house, Lord to be here together where two or more gathered in your name. Here you are in the midst of us. And Father, if your word is true, in your word you say, let every man be a liar, but God is true. If your word is true, God, would we leave today? Not the same that we came in. Would we leave today with transformation in our lives, God, that can only come by way of an encounter with the living one true Christ? Father, would you take us over? Would you take our lives over? God, don't just take a part of it. We don't want to come and just have God take part in our lives. God, we want to see you take over our lives, Father. God, every area, nothing unreserved, nothing held back, everything for you. Lord, we just lay ourselves at your feet today and we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Maranatha, Lord. Maranatha, Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, would you fill us from the top of our heads, the soles of our feet, and do a great work in us today. And may your word go forth, not return void. And may we be citizens of heaven, truly, God. May we be the Jesus people, truly, God. Would we be your bride, matured, ready for your return. In Jesus' mighty name, a faith-filled church said, amen. Do you love Jesus this morning? How about you go ahead and praise him for five seconds. Go. One, two, three. Four, five. <laughs> Was that Sully or Theo? It's Amos? Yo, you just do that because you got a book of the Bible named after you. Okay.
Anyways, what a legend. I love it. I love babies in the house. Don't you love babies in the house? It's all good. It's all good. Kids, kids ministry is something that we started 30 years ago in the church, okay? Before that, they were up here getting matured with their parents. I like those days. I think you like these days more, but we'll find a middle ground, okay? Anyways, on each of them on each of them. If you're new with us this morning, I just want to tell you, we went through a series uh, all summer long called The Jesus People because we are just convinced right now. We are convicted. We are fully persuaded. We are completely mad, falling out of a tree, given over to the idea, to the notion, to the conviction from the truth of heaven that our world will not go to hell in a handbasket on our watch. That right now our world is in desperate need of the Jesus people, the bride of Christ, to be just that, the Jesus people and the bride of Christ. And so we dedicated an entire summer to going through what that looked like. There was like 12 weeks of teaching. So if you're new to this, please go back and check it out because, man, it was some of the most profound. And I don't say that because I'm the predominant preacher here. I say that because the Lord was growing me as he was growing us. I say that as there wasn't a single message that I wasn't preaching to myself. Because the Lord gave me a word over the summer. He said, don't preach to where people are. Preach to what you want to see. Don't preach to where people are. Preach to what you want to see. If you preach to where they are, they will maybe get through it, but they'll never grow beyond it. We got to raise the bar. And so then as that series concluded, we kind of evolved and grew up into the citizens of heaven, hopefully matured up into this identity of the church walking in their identity as the citizens of heaven. It's the Jesus people was training us and encouraging us and showing us what it looks like to be the Jesus people in the world of which we live because of what they need. The citizens of heaven series is truly all about us growing and maturing and what that looks like as the bride of Christ. Amen. So today I believe God's got a word for all of us. In fact, the word is called on each of us, on each of them. And today, I believe he's going to meet us in the space and leave us prophetically and profoundly changed for the kingdom of God. Amen. Man, so as I'm thinking about being a citizen of heaven, as I'm thinking about uh, coming into this, we're coming off the back of vacation, and I've just been burdened. I've been so burdened by the Lord, and I've just been having these experiences with him lately. And, and if you're new today, just give me a little bit of license to, to, to help you buy into what the Lord has been doing here. Um, but for those of us that have been here, you've known that we've been having some really incredible, profound moments with the Lord in this place. Like there is all summer long, he just came and met us here, didn't he? He came and he rested in this place. There wasn't a, there wasn't a tearless Sunday, not because we're overly emotional, because most of you guys know Matt's a robot and the only emotions I have are because of the Holy Spirit. It's true. My wife. <laughs> Preach. Uh, no truer words have been said, Matt. Uh, see you after class, girl. Um, but it's true. He just, he seems to like being here. And I got to tell you, I don't believe the Lord likes being here because Pastor Matt likes him being here. I think it's because there might be a handful of people in this church and in this room who have decided, and that's not to shame anybody else, but I truly believe there's more than just myself. There's a number of people who are the kindling on this fire that we have just said, Lord, we will make much of you. Because it's clear, it's clear he enjoys making much of us. It's clear that he has enjoyed just coming and resting in this room. We've been saying it all summer long. He doesn't go where he's tolerated, he goes where he's celebrated. And there's a handful of people who have celebrated the arrival and the abiding and the resting of the presence of God in here. And I believe 
It's left so many of us emphatically changed, completely transformed, and given over to the ways of Christ. And it's those, it's those people that we need to lead in the example for all Christians in our region. I'm not saying that we're better or we're greater than or any of those things. So please don't have a religious spirit about any of this. What I am saying is we are called to be a prophetic voice in our region. That is what Takeover Church will be. And we already are because we have people asking us, how are you getting the presence to show up the way that you are? And friends, I got to tell you, I wish... I wish I had the formula. I wish I had the Rubik's Cube. I wish I knew the algebra, but I slept in math class. But what I know is that when Christians actually believe the word of God and are obedient to act out the word of God, they will experience the things of God. If we're obedient to the word of God. This is why we don't do, and I know some people would probably like it, but this is why we don't do like a series on singleness or a series on marriage. We don't do that. Matt, every other church does. Why? Because I didn't see that in the book of Acts. I didn't see that in the Bible. Instead, what I saw was pastors, men and women coming alongside their church and telling single people, single people, you in the room? God loves you. He has plans for your life, married or unmarried, but it's on the other side of you being faithful and obedient to his word. Because when single people are faithful and obedient to his word, guess what? They see the things of God. Married people. Where are my married people at? Put your hand up, let somebody know you are unavailable. And then single people, look around. Can't go there. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, married people, if you'll be obedient to the word of God, all of it, all of it, not just the parts that pertain to marriage, not just the parts that pertain to sexuality, not just the parts that pertain to, you know, being generous and kind and all the things that we like to pick and choose, but married people, if you will be obedient to the word of God, faithful to the word of God, not just hearers, but doers of the word of God, guess what? You will experience the things of God. So why do we not build messages and series around things that we would like because we're too busy building around things that Jesus likes. And what Jesus likes trumps what you and I like. Because trust me, I get it. I like to zero in on things. I love it. We'll talk about those in our small groups and our life groups and all those things. But when it comes to being a church, we are building a mature bride and we don't need to be spoon-fed a message series on particular things. Instead, we can just take the whole sum of the word of God and everything he told him or told us about himself and we can apply it to our daily lives. Amen? Come on. Come on. One of the things I was super burdened by other than that while we were gone was the fact that, man, I... I've had so many conversations. See, we're a, great, we're a part of a great church network called the Radiant Network. And this week I get to go and I have the pleasure of going and hanging out with 35 other pastors in our, in our network. And I'm not one of those guys. Don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those guys that just goes and hangs out with big shots and hangs out with pastors. And that's, just, that's not my bag. I'd rather be with you. Trust me. Adrian's been going, you always come back different. You're going to have a great time. The Lord's going to wreck you and change you and everyone's going to be better before it. I'm like, I want to stay. And she's like, I want you to go. And I'm like, what is... She's like, I got your bag out for you. I'm like, it's Saturday. I don't leave till Tuesday. What are you trying to tell me? Who do I need to call? Um, 
But, I, but, but I'm, I'm very excited about that. But one of the things that always inevitably happens at these things is, well, we start comparing, we start contrasting, and we start talking about what the Lord is doing, and then suddenly it morphs into, yeah, yeah, but what are you doing specifically? And what programs you guys got going on? How are you getting it? How are you doing it? How are you taking advantage of it? How are you you know, networking and doing all these things. You know what I mean? And it just becomes this, uh conversation that I just don't want to be a part of. Like, no offense. And it's not all of them. It's just some people. But it's going like, I just, I don't want this programmatic because I'm a people of the prophetic. Programmatic is problematic to the prophetic. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just not here for the manipulation of people. I'm here for the welcoming of the Spirit of God. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? And so there's always these conversations. I remember one guy last year saying to me, like, Matt, how are you putting out enough content? How are you keeping up with Hollywood? How are you keeping up with the internet? If you are not vying for your people's attention, what are they giving their attention to? And as I'm getting ready to go back on that, I really haven't thought about that until this week. And I'm going, I'm not in the entertainment business. I'm not a content creator. I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. This is not a content house. This is a deliverance house. This is not a content house. This is a church. You, you are not views and clicks. No, no, no. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God. What are we doing? I'm not in the entertainment industry. I'm in the deliverance industry. I'm not in the entertainment. I'm not with Hollywood. I'm from worship land. Like, what is happening? I'm dead set. I'm, I, am, I, am, I am burdened by this because here's the deal. We live in West Michigan, and it's my responsibility as a spiritual leader here to understand the temperament of West Michigan, to understand what's happening here, to understand what uh, other spirits are occupying. We'll get to this later on in the series, but other spirits are occupying this land, okay? They're called principalities, princes of the land. That's what that word means. It's my job to understand these things, to be discerning these things. I want to see what God wants to do. That's my job. You don't pay me to read the Bible. You give offering to church, and then church enlists us to then go and do these things. But one of the things I'm seeing is this. It's like, what is happening? If church remains entertainment value in our lives, then church will never spring forth any eternal value in our lives. If church remains simply of entertainment value in our lives, it will never birth, it will never bear fruit, it will never sprout out, it will never grow down deep eternal values in our lives. Guys, I am not a court jester for King Jesus for our entertainment. These guys are not court jesters for our king's entertainment, for your entertainment. We are simply just the people to open the doors and lock them. Jesus is the reason we're here. He's the reason we sing. He's the reason we dance. He's the reason we clap. He's the reason that we do what we do here. He's the reason we preach. He's the reason we sing. He is the end all, be all, all that there was, all that there is, and all that there ever will be, author and finisher of our faith. Amen? He's Jesus. Praise him. So I'm not building a temple unto myself. We're building a temple unto him. This isn't entertainment. And I'm not interested in a church that is vying for attention. No, honest to God, I don't even want to live stream service anymore. 
kid you not, we talk about it on Monday. I don't want a live stream service anymore. I want you to have to be in the room. I want you to have to be in the room. And that's not to offend anybody. That's simply saying when the word of God says, don't forsake the fellowship, forsake the gathering of the saints, the coming together. I think God actually meant that. I don't think there's a punctuation that doesn't have his will behind it. I don't think there's a stanza or a sentence or poetry or a red letter or anything in the word of God that doesn't have his hand, his mandate, and his will behind it. I think the second he said it, he meant it because he is God. And church was his idea. It wasn't Matt's idea. Church was his idea. It wasn't some guy's idea. Church was his idea. And this whole thing that we get to do here. Church isn't something we have to do. It's something we get to do. The fact that he says, hey, it's a privilege to gather together with like-minded people, stir yourselves up in the spirit so I can walk in between you because two or more gather in my name, there I'm going to be. There I'm going to be. You want a greater measure? Get together in a greater measure. It's just a part of it. And I've been burdened by this. I I can't. I just can't. I just can't, guys. I just don't have that in my body. I love cool things. I love cool things. You see, I got motorcycle pants on. Wow, real cool, Matt. Why do I have these on? I, I like them. But I don't give a rip. I met with a pastor a few weeks ago, and the first thing he said to me was, I look like this pastor who had a great following because he cheated on his wife. He didn't say all that, but he said I look like the guy. First thing, do you know what I wanted to do? I want to go buy some boot-cut jeans and some overalls and roll around in some mud because I'm going, I don't want to be just another one of those cool guys. I posted about it earlier this week, like, takeover isn't cool or new or trendy. I think it's cool, but that's because all my favorite preachers are dead. My favorite errors in the Bible are things that I wasn't around to see. I come from old school. Bible believers, Bible doers, word of God hearers and word of God enactors. That's where I come from. That's what I want to do. And so while the logo is cool, and I mean this in the truest sense of the word, to hell with cool. I don't care about cool. I don't care about cool because we're about to read in just a moment about something that happened in the book of Acts, something that only happens when Christians are obedient to the word of God, when Christians are faithful to the words of Jesus. And what's funny and sad and incredibly heartbreaking all at the same time is that we live in a day and age where we believe the folly and the lie of the pits of hell that we grew up beyond that. No, the book of Acts is God's dream for his bride. How do I know that? It's how he started it. It's how he birthed it. It's what he made out of it. And we think in our folly, in our pompous, in our, in our hubris, in all of those things, our arrogance, pride, we think that's below us or beneath us or can't be achieved today. No, that's God's starting point. We haven't even caught up yet. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Yeah. So when people look at me sideways and go, I can't believe you actually think this is going to happen today. I go, how can I not? It's where it started. God's goal was that we would grow beyond Acts 2, not grow up into Acts 2. 
It's that we would see a greater work, do a greater work than Jesus himself even did. Those are his words. They're in red. You can read them for yourself. It was his dream that we would do greater works with the Holy Spirit than even he did. And yet we're trying to play catch up to Peter. Think about that. We're trying to play catch up to Peter. All our information, all our classes, all our seminaries, all our great Bible teaching, all the stuff that we have. version Bible app right on your phone. And we're playing catch up to people that had old school scrolls and some moments with Jesus that they just, they just shared and shared and shared and shared and shared. And yet we live our lives like the Bible went out of fashion. For them, their experience with Christ was their fashion, was their breath, was their bread, was their wine. Those scrolls of the Old Testament was pointing to what God is able to do and our deep need for him. Like it all matters and we haven't obtained it. I haven't obtained it. Maybe, maybe you have. Good for you. You should be up here. I haven't. Instead, what I know is I have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me and I am burdened and broken to go after the things of God in a hungrier and thirstier way today than I ever have in my entire life. Because I met Jesus at 16 when I was buck wild and I am almost 32 and I'm still buck wild. We need a marriage counselor to be a part of church. And <laughs> see, we've been having these moments with the Lord. There was about a moment about six weeks ago in service where I offered the opportunity to pray and fill people up with the Holy Spirit. And I, I don't buy into the leadership culture that our world has today. I just don't. I look at scripture for literally how to do everything in my life, okay? I look to scripture. There's times where I even ask the Holy Spirit in the morning, what should I wear today? That's how, that's how much I want him involved. I, I don't trust myself as far as I can throw myself. And the only place I can throw myself is at his feet. And so like six weeks ago, I offered this open moment up and guess what happened? Nobody came. But because I don't subscribe to leadership of this world, I subscribe to the leadership of Christ. Do you know what Christ never did? Waited for his disciples to go first. I'm never going to wait for you to go first. Instead, what I did was I hope I would lead by example in some capacity. But truly, if God's doing something up here at this specific area, in this specific room, at this specific time, there's no place I want to be more than right here. Even beyond this moment preaching, if I knew he was right here doing something, I'm dropping the mic, I'm getting down, and we're just going here. And so at the end of service, I began to have this moment with the Lord. It was incredible. It was the most significant moment with the Lord I've ever had, even beyond my salvation moment. And maybe to you right now, this is like big, weird, strange, foreign to you. I promise you, I promise you, the Holy Spirit is the same as he is in the Bible. He's the same today as he is in this room. The same Holy Spirit's on the inside of me is the same Holy Spirit that wants to dwell and be on the inside of you. The moments I've had with the Lord, you can have with the Lord. I am not great and I'm not beyond you. And it's my goal that I would be the launching pad for your lives and your ministry. You wouldn't be the launching pad for my life and my ministry. 
let's go, Jesus. I don't know if I've ever heard a pastor say that before. I want your, I want my life to be your launching pad. I want you to go and do greater works. I want you to have more smush in the concrete moments than I've ever had. That's the dream of my life. So I had that moment. Since then, I've had more moments with the Lord. That one was crazy. There was a whole bunch of people who surrounded me and it was nuts. And I don't even know who was all there. I just remember this moment with me and the Holy Spirit where it was, I knew I was physically on the floor. But what I was seeing and what was happening to me was nothing short of the Holy Spirit taking me and seeing things that, quite honestly, I could never earn. (laughs) But was a gift to me and a gift to our church and a gift to where God wants to go in this region. And then two weeks ago, before we went on vacation, showed up at 8 a.m. like we always do. Service started at 10 a.m. And I kid you not, there was like 20 of us here. I don't say that to shame you. I said some, in the beginning of my message, I encouraged the people that were there, and I hope I encouraged people listening on the podcast to understand why it's essential that we gather because God has been faithful to meet us here. How are we not being faithful to meet him here? That church is not a side dish. It's the main course. Church is the main event. It's not the opening. It's not the opening act. You are not the main event. Matt is not the main event. Church is. The presence of Jesus is what he is doing. Him, this, he is the reason we have breath in our lungs. Not your job, not your marriage, not your sister, not your brother, not your friends, not your party, not your drugs, none of it. He gave us a heartbeat. We can give him our presence. Did you know that in the week there's 168 hours? 168 hours in the week. Two hours on Sunday isn't even 10%. So not only do we have churches that are full of people, Christians, who don't give 10% of their tithe and their income, like the Bible says, we can't even be found to give 10% of our time. I don't say that to shame you. I say that because if we don't know where there's sickness, if we don't know where something is broken, we cannot fix it. We cannot heal it. We cannot adjust. If you do not see a blind spot, you will back up into some things that will break your life. I'm here to save you from that, please. 168 hours. How do you spend that? What do you do with that? 168 hours a week you have. How much of it is worship on him? How much of it is worship on politicians? How much of it is worship on news? How much of it is worship on entertainment? How much of it is worshiping gossip? How much of it is worshiping idols? How much of it is worshiping yourself and your own life and your own things and things you've got going on, things that you're excited about? How do we know what you worship? Well, I bet we could check your screen time app and how much apps you've had open this week and what those apps were and how much time you spent on them. And then I think we could take a look at Wednesday. And then I think we could take a look at Sunday. And I think we could take a look at our church does two things. Well, three now, because we have the Friday prayer meetings at 6 a.m. I totally understand some of us work. But our church literally has around about five to six hours of programming a week. Five to six hours, still not 10% of 168. What does God get from us? How do we worship him with our lives? His worship simply Sunday 
Or is there 168 hours out there where the Lord just goes completely without attention, without affection, without you getting revelation, without you being built up in his spirit and his presence, without you being more shaped and formed into his image and likeness? I don't think God was ignorant when he made the early church and birthed it and set it up how it was to how our world would be 2,000 years later. I don't think he's caught off guard by your jobs and by our cars and by our traffic and by all the stuff we have going on. I don't think that surprised him. He's God. (laughs) So the same way he set it up should still work today, amen? Because if he started it then when there was less going on, quote unquote, it was designed to still work and still birth and still have the same effects, the same issues, the same situations, the same amazing events take place that it did then take place today in our world. So Monday I showed up before we went on vacay. Mondays, I don't know if you know this, but I come here about 8, 30, 9 o'clock and I clean. I'm the facility guy as well as your pastor. So all those cookies you'd be leaving on your seats. And all the things you'd be leaving in the bathroom. Anyways, um, I take care of that. So, please be kind. <laughs> but Monday, by the, Sunday by the end of service, I felt like the Lord and I squared things away. I felt good. I felt good that church wasn't going to be built on the back of my gift or on the back of anybody else's gift, but it'd be built on the back of presence-driven people who are given over to the presence of God, who with every breath in their lungs, needs their neighbors, coworkers, and friends, and strangers to be in the presence of God with them. That's what it's going to take to build a church. And so me and the Lord, we were great. My spirit was full. I was ready for vacation because after that Sunday, I was going, how can I leave? I can't leave it like this. The Lord was like, yo, I'm God. You're you. Recognize your position. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So Monday morning came, and instead of just getting busy cleaning toilets and things, I put on some worship music from a great church called Bethel. Their worship music is pretty okay. It's not takeover level, but, like, I think they got a future. They're going to do some things. Instead, I just smushed myself right on this mat here, and I sat with the Lord And in his graciousness and his kindness, completely alone in this room, but completely submerged and surrounded by the Spirit, I had another one of those profound moments, and I'd like to share with you something the Lord did. You see, in January of each year, before we get started, I should tell you, this is a confirmation of of another prophetic word I was given on our first service. Our first service, February 18th, almost five years ago, in 2018, I was given this prophetic word. And this, this moment with the Lord spoke to that. So in January each year, we do something called our, our first fruits. And basically, it's my conviction that I'm not going to have a heart for the house offering like every other church does, where it's right around Christmas time because people are, quote unquote, feeling generous. And uh, hey, you're opening your wallets for your kids. Open your wallets for your church, you know? Like, that's just not my bag. 
I don't want to give God, I don't want to purpose God my leftovers from Christmas or what I didn't spend on family and friends. Instead, I want to give God my first fruits. So we take the whole entire like first few weeks of the year, we set apart everything. We have a worship night on every Wednesday of the month, five Wednesdays in a row. And then on that following last Sunday, we'll teach on first fruits, we'll do all sorts of stuff, but we have been saving up. We've been purposing. We've been asking the Lord, how much do you want us to give? What do you want us to do? How can we set church up for the best financial year yet? And then on that last Sunday, we give God our first, not our last, our purpose, not our left behinds. We make him a meal. We don't give him a leftover. And that's what we do. And in my moment with the Lord last Monday, I'm smushed, I'm crying, I'm aching. I'm having this moment with the Lord that I just, I wish I could, I wish I could teach more on. But truly, I think these moments with the Lord are just things that are going to have to be caught, not taught. I think we're going to have to model them. I think we're going to have to give ourselves over to them. And I think we're going to see a bunch of people one day living the dream, which is being smashed on the concrete where your knees, yes, they will ache afterwards, but it's okay because what you gained and the supernatural goes way beyond your knees hurting in the natural. And I'm here and I saw us at our first fruits series in January 2023. And the room was full and the Lord was just doing his thing and it was popping off and it was amazing. And it was an incredible service and I'm just, it was everything I've ever dreamed. And there's just people getting healed in corners and prophetic words being given. And we're truly just living in an incredible time where the world may be getting darker, but the church is just getting brighter because she's finally listening to the words of her bridegroom. And we're seeing all the things that he said we'd see. And suddenly I look over and all of a sudden I just, I feel like there's a leak happening. And it's not a leak, but every single wall there is just oil streaming down the sound deadening material over every ripple every texture there is just oil dripping down oil dripping down there is oil coming off the staircase just going stair 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 coming over the mother's room i look up to the upper room and i see just oil overcoming off the sides i look back here and there's oil streaming behind the musicians and then i see it on the trusses I see oil just dripping off the trusses and I begin to panic. I begin to freak out. I begin to go, this is the Lord. And I'm going and screaming at the top of my lungs. I'll hold the mic away. I'm going, get the oil. Get the oil. And then I look and I see Adrienne and her blood-curdling, demon-crunching voice that she has during prayer, you know, when she goes, yeah, that one. I look over and she's like, don't let it hit the ground. Not an ounce, not an inch. Get the oil, don't let it touch the ground. I start freaking out. And everyone's panicked. Everyone's panicked. Everyone's moving. Everyone's shifting. Everyone's doing everything they can. I see musicians. I see Johan and Alex, two of our amazing worship leaders that are here. And I see them grabbing their acoustic guitars and trying to catch the oil dripping above them in the drum of their acoustic guitar. I see people running to the cafe and getting takeover cups and just putting them out underneath every single drip and beginning to do it. I see people opening their Bibles in their pockets, literally just trying to catch oil. We were losing our minds because the Lord was reigning in our midst. 
then I felt that still small voice of the Lord just lean into me. He said, Matt, I am stricken. I am stricken with grief. I am a man of sorrow because so much oil has been wasted. And I started crying in this moment. I started to cry right here. Right here, I started to cry on this pavement. And my heart was stricken by the Spirit. And my heart was grieved. And I was broken in half. And I understood what he meant by that moment. It's not about religious obligation. It's not about our spiritual check card. It's not about clocking in for a job and clocking out. But what he meant was, man, I have been faithful to this house. I have shown up in this house. I have moved in your midst. And yet, so much oil. Gone wasted. Lord didn't say that to condemn me. He didn't say that to condemn you. He gave me that gift to give us a visualization of what it looks like when he comes in our midst and what it looks like when we don't live lives that take full advantage of that. Friends, are you living a life that gets the oil? Are you living a life that can be trusted when the Lord reigns in your midst? Are you living a life of urgency, of saying, Lord, if you'll come, I'll be there. If you're going to meet me there, I'll be there. Are you living a time in a place, in a way where, man, God, if you keep showing up, you are the main event. I love camping. I love vacations. I love getting away. All those things are great. I affirm that. But we do live in a religious area that just loves to take the summer off. And I'm telling you, the oil that rained in this room all summer long. Some of us missed it. Some of us literally, intentionally went without it. Friends, there are things that God does in seasons, in moments, that only exist for the lifetime of that moment. There are things that we will all miss that he is doing, that he is active. And this isn't some spiritual manipulation. If you have a spirit of that popping up in you, just tell that religious devil to get off your shoulder. This is the will of God. He said it in his word, not me. Don't forsake the fellowship. Don't forsake the gathering. Give me your time. I made it. Spend it with me. Spend it on me. Spend it in my presence. There's oil available to you. There's anointing available to you. His oil, it breaks the yokes off our lives. You know what was wild? 
right in the middle of worship, I was having a hard time shaking some stuff. I knew there was some demonic presence going on. I knew there was some stuff going on. And I didn't feel that way when I first got up. I didn't feel that way when I got dressed. I didn't feel that way immediately. And I don't even know for certain of where it went and what or how it came, but right in the middle of worship, and, and I don't, again, I'm not one of these like throw out Harry Potter because it has witches in it. I'm not that guy. But what I do remember is in Acts 19 and Antioch when the Holy Spirit fell, people were gathering and they were saying like, we need to get rid of all of our unrighteousness and they began to burn it. And that's where people started burning CDs and things like that that you've, you've seen. If you've been in church for any length of time, you've seen great movements of God where people were like throwing out Beyonce and whatever else and burning. I get it, you know. And I just felt like the Lord was telling me, dude, there's, there is something demonic on that hammer on your necklace. Don't know when it got there. Don't know when it attached. All I know during worship is that I took that thing off and I threw it outside. <laughs> I feel great. I feel released. I felt confident to come up here and stand before you as your pastor and say what the Lord gave me confidently and to know that it would be anointed and that it would go forth and it would change our lives together collectively. There are things that the Lord is doing in this room. There's oil dripping from these trusses. In January of 20, or February of 2018, this woman from Nashville who was up because our worship leader at the time was recording music with her. And she said, Matt, I don't know how spiritual you are and I don't know what your Bible background is. I don't know what school of thought you come from, but I gotta tell you, during worship and while you were preaching, I just had this vision of you preaching. It wasn't here, but it was in a bigger building with more people and probably really good because like our first service had like 12 people in it. So, you know, great. Scott was there. She said, I saw you preaching and behind you preaching was oil dripping from the ceiling. So imagine my moment with the Lord where I'm seeing that realized. But it's not unto me and not unto my glory, it's unto him. It's not unto you and to your glory, it's unto him. It's not unto take over church, it's unto him. This whole thing is all about him. And the reason I share that and the reason I bust out Acts 2 is because I believe the book of Acts is what happens when Christian live, when a Christian church lives their lives getting the oil, going after the anointing of God. If God is dripping down, if he's raining out, if he's opening up, if he's rending the heavens, as Isaiah puts it, if he is ripping open a thin place between us and him, we're here in the natural, we can experience things that we can't explain that don't make sense. Tongues of fire appearing and resting on each of them. What does a tongue of fire look like? I don't know. It is both the most intelligent and unintelligent statement of all time. Looks like a flame. Kind of looks like a tongue. All right, tongue of a flame. Peter, what does that even mean? I don't know, but it's happening. But those moments... That's what the Lord is doing in our midst. And friends, I'm telling you, if you will take advantage of it, it will change you from the inside out. It will change everything about your life. Addictions will break off. 
unhealthy viewpoints will break off. You'll see yourself as your Savior sees you, not as you see you or anybody else that sees you. You will walk in greater giftings and things completely unimaginable, completely out of your power and your control, but the Lord will rule and reign in and through your life. You will see reconciliation happen in the most fractured and broken of relationships. You will see words given to you for somebody else that you don't know from any other person. They're a complete stranger, and yet when the Lord drops them in your heart, they will begin to run the race that he has set before them. There are moments with the Lord where his oil is dripping, and you've got to be there for it. So in this moment, we see Peter and the gang. You got to understand, in this moment in Acts, it's more than just the 12 disciples. One, because obviously Judas isn't there. Two, because it had grown by this point. The church had grown by this point. His disciples had grown by this point. And yes, did they all flee when Jesus was hung on the cross? Absolutely. But moments before this, just days, in fact, they were all found sleeping and back to being fishermen and just being dumb. But there's a whole lot of them. And what happens right before Acts 2 is that Jesus, he, he comes back from hell and he reveals himself to his disciples and his entire ministry. They spent three years with him, three years of life. How, who has done three years with somebody? Done three years, that's a lot of time. And how many of you know, you get to know somebody and what they want, what they desire pretty well in three years, right? And so for three years time, all Jesus was said was, go into all the world, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, go into all the world, create disciples of every tongue, gift, and nation, every tribe. Go, 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 go. For three years straight, they heard go. And on Jesus' last command, he said, wait. Jesus is like, I got to go but the Holy Spirit's gonna come and God is gonna clothe you in power from on high. That word power is a Greek word, dunamis. It's like where we get the word dynamite from, but it's more than that. It doesn't just mean dynamic power. It means God's power. Matt, are you saying that we're like God? Yes. Are you saying we are God's? No. I'm saying he smears, he anoints, he pours his oil, he drips it on us, he covers us in his dunamis power from on high, continuing the process of making us like him. And that's where we grow in gifts in the spirit and the fruit of the spirit. And we see signs and wonders because they follow the disciples. Too many disciples right now are going church to church trying to follow signs and wonders instead of signs and wonders following the church. Preaching to anybody this morning? So what happens is Peter, he's somehow able to corral all these disciples. And how many of you know getting 12 people to agree and do something is difficult enough, let alone how many of there were in this upper room? And so I don't know. I don't know if I've run out of the language. I don't know if I could say anything else that I've said over the summer and things to, to prod you into corralling together to get the oil. But I'm hoping the word of God can today. Because I've run out of my best one-liners and I've run out of my best ideas and I've run out of my best jokes. I've never had good jokes. I've run out of it all. But I'm hoping the word of God has the answers because here's what happens when a church will unite around the word of God and what Jesus says to do. Holy Spirit comes. 
Holy Spirit comes. Right now, the church is just found bickering about what Jesus actually meant. We're allowing our natural lives to filter what the Bible says about our supernatural and our natural lives instead of the Bible interpreting our natural lives. And we're bickering about what Jesus actually meant when he meant what he said, when he said it and how he meant it and how he said it. And it's still for today. The Bible is still for today. And we don't have time to bicker and waste and do these things arguing because the world has gone to hell on our watch while it's happening. When we were called to bring heaven into an encounter with earth. Amen. We owe this region an encounter with heaven. And we owe our God an encounter with those still far off from him. Do you know that? We owe him that. He saved our lives. How do we keep him from others and keep others from him? We can't. And if we're going to do this thing, if we're not just going to be another casualty of COVID, another casualty of, of leaders falling, if we're not just going to be another casualty of 2022 of churches that died up, dried up, and shriveled up and fell away, but we're going to be a church that actually gets the oil, it takes it to those who need it, and then bring them here to receive it. If we're going to be those people, we're going to need to be like the church in Acts 2. We can't just try and grow up into this anymore. We got to start from this. This is our beginning. It's not our destiny. It's our beginning. This is where we start. And you know what starts? It starts with people from different backgrounds, different histories, different ages, different levels of knowledge, different levels of wisdom, different levels of revelation, different experiences with Jesus, different amount of time with Jesus. And it takes all of us corralling in a room and saying, Lord, we're not budging until you come. We're not budging until you do what you said you would do. We're not moving on. See, right now, we live in this time and place where we all have opinions, and I don't mean to offend you. However, I hear it all the time, Matt, why does worship got to be so long? Probably because his worship is long overdue. Man, why do you got to preach so long? Probably because God has some things he needs to say to his people because we're playing catch up to a church that's 2,000 years old. Well, Matt, I would just love 20 minutes of worship, 10 minutes of announcements, and 30-minute message, and an hour, we're out the door. Why? So the Lord can not have his worship that he's so richly due, and so we can leave with some half-baked message that we go unapplied to our lives? So we can go unchanged in his presence, getting none of the oil, and then leave completely unequipped for the fight ahead of us, and then live lives that look more like hell instead of heaven? Why? What is the most important thing to us? Is it Jesus or is it us? Jesus or us? Because for the disciples, they decided in this moment, the most important thing about them was what they believed about Jesus. And they all had different levels of experience with him. All had different backgrounds. Some were with him longer, some were with him shorter. Some were Jews, some were Gentiles. Some were Roman, some were from other places and all of these things. And they had different places. So all those things that you think disqualify you, that the enemy loves to get in your ears, you don't have the revelation that Matt has. You don't have the knowledge that the person next to you has. You ain't been saved that long. You're not worthy of that. You've had way too much sex outside of marriage. You've been getting into this, that, and the other thing. You've opened too many portals to hell. Rubbish with it. When we unite as a church underneath the cause of Christ, the word of Christ, what begins to happen is tongues of fire fall on each of them. 
Worship team, you can make your way up here. On each of them. You see, there's a, there's an anointing that will happen in this room and happen in this church and happen through this church when we actually unite. When we unite. When we say we don't want some half-baked Sunday. We don't want some religious service. We don't want some program that's gonna meet us what we think our needs are. We want the real thing, baby. We want the things that we've only read about and we've seen testimonial videos of that we saw in black and white, like things that happened with A.A. Allen and Jack Cole and Catherine. We want things that we have seen happen in the days gone by, but not in the things that we see happening today. We want to be judgmental free and we're going, Lord, if you're doing it in the mountains of Redding, California, in the middle of nowhere, you can sure as heaven do it in the middle of Grand Rapids. If you can do something great, in Dallas, Texas at the upper room, you sure as heck can do it in Grand Rapids. If you can do it at Kalamazoo Radiant, you can sure as heck do it in Grand Rapids. If you can do it before the lights and the songs and the musicians, you can do it today with the lights and the songs and the musicians. If you could do it in a room with no projectors, no kids ministry, no physical, tangible Bibles to read, but just a yes to Jesus. If you can do it in the upper room, you can do it in this room. So in just a moment, we're gonna go into a song and I'm gonna open up the altar again. I'm gonna open up the altar again. This is why earlier in service, the ministry that took place here, that's why this was needed. Because we needed to break some strongholds off before the Lord could go and fill some people up today. Because I'm telling you, this is the time. This is the time where every church planting program, every church conference, all the stupid conversations we have in our green rooms, this is what everyone talks about. Oh, it's fall. Kids are back in school, lives are getting back on track, people are going to be back in church, <laughs> got nothing to worry about. Except I've been in the game long enough to know that people, they don't go based off seasons, they go based off convictions. And if you're convinced of your summer, and you're convinced of your soccer practice, and you're convinced of the things that you need to go and do on the weekends, more than you are convinced of hanging out with Jesus and being found in his presence and with his people, if you are more convinced of those things as citizens of heaven, that I have failed as a pastor, we have failed as a church, and we need the oil of God again. And I'm man enough to say it, because I do it too. It's not the shame, it is to build you up and to tell you there is a greater way where we can meet and we can sit and we can have this moment in the Lord and he can come and we can see it. When Peter, he begins to preach and he says, man, these men aren't drunk. But those onlookers and those mockers, they were right about one thing. They did have new wine. Because what Lord Jesus did in the midst of them through his Holy Spirit was a fresh outpouring unlike any other the earth has ever seen and that's where we're going 
That's what we are birthed from. That's what we come out of. The whole reason we have church today, the whole reason we have a relationship with Christ today, the whole reason we have any of this or anything you've ever had with Jesus is because these men and women and children were faithful in this upper room. Do you hear me? That means there are generations that will only have what we have today and hopefully greater because men and women are faithful in this room today. Friends, this is the moment. I don't care today who's not here. I care who is here. Because right now the Lord brought you here on purpose. Even if you got here late, even if you didn't know because our website sucks and that's my fault entirely. But even if you didn't know what time service started, you were ordered to be here today. God writ your story. He wrote your story. He planned for you to be here. And today he is writing a new chapter. He is starting something where you begin to have some radical moments in your life if you will lean in and you will believe. Because here's the thing. Here's the difference between having a relationship with Jesus and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? Worship team, are you ready? I want you guys to hear this too. Our Levites, listen to this. Peter, when the onlookers and mockers and people came to take Jesus, how did he respond? He had a relationship with Jesus. He'd been with Jesus for three years. How did he respond? He took a sword, he swung at a guy, he missed, and he clipped his ear off. But now, Peter, same guy, now Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, has onlookers, scoffers, mockers, people outside judging, vandalizing, throwing things at him, mocking them, terrorizing them. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, he didn't just know about Jesus, but now he was filled with the same Spirit as Jesus. He had just been around church, but now he was starting and being the church. No, 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 he wasn't just around Jesus and around Jesus things and around Jesus people for three years. Now he is filled with the same spirit that risked Christ Jesus from the grave, amen? And how does he respond? He doesn't come with a physical sword. He comes with a spiritual sword. He doesn't respond by swinging. He responds by preaching. So why is it essential today that you are filled with the Holy Spirit and not just around spiritual things? Because that's the difference between a taking over life and a religious life. That's the difference between being around Jesus and being taken over by Jesus. That's the difference between knowing about Jesus and being transformed by Jesus. That's the difference. That's the difference. So we're going to sing this song and if I could get Pastor Scott, if I could get Micah, if I could get whoever's available from our core team, Pastor Adrian. Right now, I just want to open up the altar. We got anointing oil. The Lord says he's in this room and he's got oil dripping from the ceilings. We got an atmosphere with the presence of God where he's saying, I'm ready, I'm able, let's do this thing. Do you want to have an upper room experience that will change how the church looks 2,000 years from now because of something that happens in Grand Rapids because it happened in that little upper room. It can happen in this little mini city. You got a guy up here who's willing to take a big swing and have egg on his face if it means I'll get the oil too. 
So we're going to open up the altar. If you guys will come forward, don't wait for me to shut up. Just let's, let's do church. Please don't wait for me to shut up. Let's do church. So if that's you and you want to get filled with the Holy Spirit, maybe you've had that before. Maybe you haven't. We're broken vessels, we leak, come get filled up again. Let's have that moment where we're not just around Jesus or about Jesus or knowing about Jesus. It doesn't matter if there's a line, come, come, rush the altar. Right now, let's get filled with the Holy Spirit. Done are the days of religion. Done are the days of being around Jesus. Done are the days of simply having knowledge about Jesus. Today is the day where we have the Spirit of Jesus fill us. Dude, Grant, move in, bro. Lay hands on people. I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. Let's go. Let's go. Kelsey, would you kill those lights? Let's go. Let's go. Right now, King Jesus. Right now, King Jesus. We say, we say the same thing Peter said to the men and women of Nazareth. Grand Rapids, don't you see? This is Jesus. This is who he is. Christ crucified. Christ exalted. Christ risen and lifted on high. This is Jesus. This is his spirit. These men are not drunk. They have new wine. They have been prophesied over. There is young men and young women, old men and old women beginning to prophesy right now in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter to me how long you've been a part of this church. Maybe it's your first time here. Come get anointed. Let's believe God for the bigger things. The least you get to say when you leave is that they put some oil on my head that smelled really good and I think the Lord was there. Whatever it is, give God a chance to move in your lives today in a way he's never moved before. Give the Lord the opportunity right now to wreck you, to change you. If you're in the booth or you're serving right now and you want to get on this, leave your responsibility. I don't care about the words. I care about the worship. Come on. Leave the booth if you want to get anointed. I don't care if you're playing worship music. If you want to leave and get down here, you go down here. This, this doesn't matter at the moment. We're creating an atmosphere for the Lord to move. And if you want the Lord to move on you and in you and with you and through you, this is your moment. Tongues of fire. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, move in this place, Lord. Prophesy through young men and through young women. Prophesy through old men and old women. Prophesy again today, God. We're believing you for greater things. And we're saying, if you say greater things when we do, then we're going to get the oil, God. We're laying ourselves 